For more great content, make sure you follow 717 Sports Media on all your podcast listening platforms. Also follow us on social media on Twitter at 717 underscore sports, Facebook and Instagram at 717 Sports Media. We're also checking on our website daily for your daily news and sports videos at 717sportsmedia.com. I had some people, two or three people, and they're not, they don't know you. To be honest, it's not none of our friends. They were like, he was a little bitter fan there, they felt like. I was going to make sure you're good this week. Your Irish got a big win, even though it was a little tight. I don't, I mean, I don't think it gets much tighter two weeks in a row. I don't know if my heart can take it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. as, as, as much as that one hurt on, you know, two weeks ago. Felt pretty good. You know, Duke's an okay football team. You know, they are uh, – they're okay. I would say that's a decent win, especially coming off the Ohio State loss. You never know. I didn't know how they were going to respond. And, how about know, Hartman, 4th and 16, showing up the wheels? Yeah, it's it's the same defense that Notre Dame went to Ohio State with on the 3rd and 15 with – 3rd 19 with 15 seconds left. You know, you go to prevent – Prevents you from winning, and that's what they did. I mean, it's, it's a tough way for Duke to lose that one. I mean, then they then they run the, then they run the ball there. You got the, the, the you know they did get the pop, and then they I felt good, and then they then they uh, uh, strip sack. So I'm let you know I'm the second biggest Notre Dame fan on this podcast. I am rooting for Notre Dame because I want that win to look even better every week. So, yeah, uh, good win for you boys. I was camping, actually, and uh, I flipped on the game. I was flipping games on my phone. So I flipped it on, and me and, like, two dads sat there, and we watched, like, the entire fourth quarter. And so, yeah. Anyways, congrats on the win. All right, guys, so on this podcast, we're going to play a game called Buy, Sell, or Hold. Uh, I want Clark's opinions, and we're gonna, I'll tell you mine. After five weeks of college football, plus we got Rick Butler, friend of the show. He was on last we last year twice. He been on twice. Like, I think he was, he was on, on twice, twice last, last year. year. Yeah. yeah, we had him twice. He's awesome. He's from Rocky Top Insider to discuss Tennessee. And plus, I want to give him about the SEC. You know, he goes to all these games, so he has a good perspective on the SEC. Uh, my top 10 and our picks are picks as well. So here we go. Buy, sell, or hold. I just picked seven teams. And and I didn't pick uh, – I didn't put our teams on here because we talked about them a lot last week. So I thought I'd just go here. So – what this means is, I want to make sure I clarify this, and the listeners can listen. You're buying how they're 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 maximum that you think that they they are good. You know that's different for each team. What do you mean by good? Final four good? Final four or yeah? Okay, let's say most of them are final four teams. So yes, okay. So every team on there is is a final. Are they good enough to make the playoff? Not that they have to right now, yeah. but could they make the playoff if they play well and everything? Okay. So okay. buy, sell yep. means no, I don't believe it. Hold means uh, I don't know. I'm going to wait. So here we go. That's the first one. Georgia. Buy, sell, or hold. I'll let you go. We'll alternate every other. What do you think? They've kind of struggled here for a while now, you know, down down against uh, uh, South Carolina, let's, you know, down against Auburn. I'm going to hold. I'm going to hold this one. Okay. I – 
I think they're still one of the more talented football teams. Their defense, when they want to be, can can turn it on. Are they playing with the chip on their shoulder right now? No, they're not. It almost it almost seems to me like they have to drop a game to turn it around. And I know that's crazy to say, but I think they lose a game. Kirby uses that to his advantage. And if they can guarantee they're still in the SEC championship, which I'm not sure they can, um, by losing one, I think that would do them. I, I think that would do them some good. I, they're not playing with any urgency. They kind of now. I think they're playing probably better than this group. They kind of remind me of the 15 Buckeyes. Remember the whole, whole year of 15 Buckeyes kind of looked sloppy. You know, the difference yes. there is they had they were switching quarterbacks. That was the big difference. So. You know, you know what? Or Florida Jordan State. Mind? Remember the year after Florida State won it all. Remember they looked kind of sloppy all year. Then they went to the playoffs. And the playoffs they got housed by Oregon. Because you can turn it on. So what they're doing is they're turning it on in the second half, fourth quarter. You know, they're down 14-3 to South Carolina. You know, they're they're down at they're down at halftime or close to it last week. Uh, just just playing shitty football. Just you know, not playing all three levels. Uh, special teams is struggling. Defense is, you know, doing okay, but not not coming up with the big play, not getting pressure on the quarterback. And their offense is just, you know, too many three and outs. But then the fourth quarter, they turn it on against Auburn, and that's what they did. And, and, and honestly, you play a better team, that doesn't happen. You don't come back every fourth quarter against a great team. They go up against a Bama. You know, I, I don't think – Florida stinks. They're not, they're not going to give them any – any uh, any challenge in the in the cocktail party there end of October, but they're they're, game. they're living on the edge. Yeah, they're living on the edge, Coach. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I, I'm hold. Uh, I I'm a, I was thinking hold the whole time. So yeah, I, I don't know. Nobody's repeated for like seventy years is the reason why. I think if they had a little tougher schedule, like like a like a like they they got the lucky draw with the SEC. They didn't really get you know they don't play Alabama in the regular season so. I think it's a hold too. So, all right, next one, Penn State. I'll go first <laughs> for this. I'm gonna buy it. I, I, I now, now, I. If there's a concern for me, it's the receivers. I don't think they have difference maker receivers. And, and uh, Aller. You what know, did I say, Coach? Yeah. What did I say two weeks yeah, ago? Yeah. I agree. You caught it. Their defense is really good. Uh, their defense is really good. Their front seven is excellent. Um, I think they have the quarterback. The running backs are good, but you know the running backs too. Like they haven't got the running game going, so the running gap back and receivers. But I'm going to buy them because I still think they could turn it on, and and they're so talented enough. Um, I don't. I think Aller's a little overhyped. I think he's good quarterback, but you know he struggled a little bit at times. So we'll see how he does in three weeks when he goes to Ohio State. But I mean, I think he's good. I think he's better than Clifford. I think he's going to be really good next year after a year starting. But uh, I, I'm going to buy Penn State. I'm selling. You're selling because the receivers? Selling. I think their offense stinks. And I think Aller is going to be a good football player. He's probably He'd probably benefit to be playing in a different offense. I think this offense is too too run heavy. He has a hard time getting in the rhythm. You know, he's And they don't do anything downfield. It's all, it's all like dink and dunk. Yeah, maybe because the receivers, he, I don't know, but they they think and Doug, they, there's nothing downfield. He can he's completed fifty percent of his passes the last couple of weeks against decent defenses. That scares me. Um, yes. I see them losing Ohio. I honestly thought Penn State was going to give Ohio State um, some, some challenges. I think Ohio State just all, too much offensive firepower. I think 
and I think Michigan's a better football team than Penn State. I think Penn State loses two games in the regular season. They're, ten, they're a 10 and 2 football team. All and right. I, I sell them for that final four spot. Okay. USC, go ahead. I got a lot of thoughts on this one. What a game against Colorado. They did pull it off, but man, go ahead. I'm going to hold for now just because I think they got the best player in college football. Caleb Williams, he could He's be unreal, first, isn't he? He could be that first two two-time Heisman Trophy winner since your guy Archie Griffin. I mean, that's He's awesome. He is awesome. He's the surefire number one pick next year. I mean, it's not even close. It's not even close. Like, like you got to take him. If you're the Bears, you have to take him. Fields has been very up and down. You got to take him when you, you feel Fields. Like, he's awesome. The thing for USC is they got two teams, Oregon and Washington, are two top ten football teams, legitimate Final Four caliber teams that they have to go up against. And they never play Utah tough either. So, USC's got a tough – they got a tough remaining schedule. I'm going to hold for now. Their offense is great. They have to coach. They have to get that defense taken care of. They have to. I know. I mean, they're very protective of that defense, but God dog it. They, they stay. I, I, I tell you what, I th- I'm selling all day. And I know Caleb Williams is awesome. You can't stop a nosebleed. Like, they're so bad on defense. Bad tackling. They're not like, look, if you give a play, it's fine, but they're fundamentally not. A sound defense. They're, they take horrible angles. They don't tackle well. I, I just, I'm not a believer at all. I, I, you know, I don't know what the heck he's thinking. He's got to make a DC change this year. He's given Grinch multiple years here. It's time. You got to go. You got to go spend two million dollars like Ohio State did. You know, go, go, go do what. I mean, look, look at what Penn State did. They lost their DC. And they went and got Manny Diaz. I mean, go get a big. Yeah, yeah, go get a DC. Okay, next hey, co- one. Co- coach, coach, yeah. wasn't wasn't he the D coordinator, uh, coach D coordinator for Ohio State? He was, and we struggled. Here's his story: was he was going to come in and replace Shiano? Remember, Shiano had the Tennessee job, and that whole thing came up. Remember the you know yeah. the, the, the Clay Travis? Well, then him and him and uh, Shiano was co DCs, and that defense was a disaster. I had too many cooks in the kitchen that year. That was the game I was at. We beat Maryland 42-41. I went to that game. So we lost 41 points to Maryland. And they were, I was not a good Maryland team. That was the, the year they fired the coach. And then, like, he did okay at Washington State. He came in, struggled at Ohio State, and then he went to Oklahoma. And he, he, was, he showed a little progress, but it's been downhill at USC. I'm not a fan. So, all right, next one, Texas. Buy, sell, or hold. But I'm, I'm I'm buying. I think Texas is a damn good football team. I mean, they can run it, they can throw it, and their front seven is as good as any team in college football this year. They're, they're loaded on that front seven. That defensive line is legit, and they're deep. I, I'm buying. I'm buying Texas. I buy I, too. I actually think I actually think Bama's a pretty damn good football team. They handed. We're gonna look back on that win and say that was a damn good win. I, I am buying all day long with, with Texas. I'm a believer. They got the quarterback. They got the run game going last week. Their old line's good. Their D-line's good. They got players everywhere. They look like they're finally well coached. Ewers is really blossoming. You know, that's, you know, like what you said, Aller. That's second-year starter. I mean, Aller is going to be really good next year. And you look at Ewers, second year. He was so young last year. People don't realize how young he was last year. And, and, and he's playing really well, uh, Ewers. So, yeah, I, I buy in them. I think they got a legit shot. Now, they got to play Oklahoma this week. Oklahoma looks better. 
But, you know, we'll see. That's a game we're going to pick. I love that game. That's a big game. That's, That's a, a big huge game. game. That's a huge game. So I, I'm with you. I buy. Okay, next one. Another team that's played really well, Oregon. You buy, sell, or hold? Buy. You're buying. Yeah. Good football team. This could be, you know, this is the year. Man, if Georgia just didn't have – if Georgia just had a tougher schedule, this might be one of those years where that SEC is going to be tough to – they're definitely only getting one in this year for sure. They're only getting one in. And I think this is a year – an Oregon, Washington, or USC could get in. Yeah. For, and it's going to be one of those three. Um, I'm going to hold. I, I like what they did, but I got to see them against a little better team. So I'm going to hold on them. I mean, I like what they're saying. Bo Nix, another guy's been playing forever. Oh, Bo Nix has been college forever. doesn't seem like. Five years. Fifth year, right? Yeah, him and Penix yeah. have been college forever. Just like your, your boy t- Sam Hartman. I mean, they've been well, forever. You know what, Coach? These guys can make just as much money – as a fifth-year solid quarterback at a, at a top-tier program, then they can be in a fourth or fifth-round draft pick. Yeah, I agree. Yep, absolutely. I mean, because Sam Hartman, isn't that the big deal at Notre Dame? He got a good NIL deal, right? He did. He did. And I'm sure Bo Nix is probably making a million-plus. I'm sure he's sure. well. You know, and, and they got so much money out there in Oregon. Nike oh, money. God. All right, uh, Washington. Uh, I'll go first. I buy all day. I think they're the favorite to win the win the Pac-12. Unlike USC, they actually have a defense. I'm not saying it's like the the 85 Bears, but they're a pretty good defense. They're solid. They have some players on the edge, and so they got a good defense. It, it's not great, but it, it, it's 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 at least competent. So I'm going. Yes, I buy on Washington. I think they win the Pac-12. I'm hold, I'm holding this one. Just uh-huh. like I, I've seen more. I've seen more Oregon. That's why I I. I I'm buying them. I'm holding Washington. I do want to see them go up against one of those top-tier teams. I believe they have Oregon in, what, two weeks? Two weeks, I believe they have Oregon. And that's going to be a showdown of showdowns. That'll be a, that'll be a, that could be top – it'll definitely be top ten. Could be top five by then. Yeah, it very well could be. You're absolutely right because you're talking about um, some, you know, two top 25 teams going at it. Yes, two weeks. Woo! ABC 3:30 game, October 14th. I'll be watching that one. That's and that's a that's a big game. Game day will probably go there. October 14th. That's the oh USC Notre Dame. USC Notre Dame is at 7:30, I believe. That's a yep. good, that's a good weekend. And they got Miami North Carolina. Yeah, hey, coach. That's one we're not really talking about. Is my is Miami on your list here? No. You want to put him on? Let's let's yeah let's 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 put Miami on there instead of let's Florida go Florida State, State first Florida State by okay. Tower Hope. real real quick I'm gonna hold down two big wins but two cl- very close games with sub talent teams I'm gonna I'm gonna hold for now I gotta see a little bit more and I don't know how good that LSU win is now correct correct me if I'm wrong the LSU yeah, wins not I mean I, I I probably buy in no you know I'll hold with four with with them too. I mean, you know, they struggled a little bit, but I mean, they did get lucky in the Clemson. I mean, that guy that kid makes that field goal, they lose the Clemson. Correct. Um, and then like Boston College could have won that game very easily if they didn't. They had like, the ball at the fifty going down. Yeah, the shore, like, they don't piss it down their legs. So you you're talking about that, you know, now that could work one of two ways. That could be like, holy crap, you had your chances, 
and now you're good. Or it could be, you know, maybe they go win out. But they they could be more of a 10-win team, 10-2, and two, than they are a 11-1, and 12-0 team. So, all right, Miami, go ahead. Yeah, no, I think that's – I think Miami's a team that, that they're just not getting the love this year. Maybe it's because Florida State's been hot. Um, you know, they don't – But, like, have... to be fair, like, like they haven't – okay, so this is who they beat. They beat uh, Miami, Ohio, Texas A&M, which, you know, Texas A&M does look better. They could um, be the second-best team in the, in the SEC behind, behind uh, Georgia. Bethune, Cookman, and Temple. They haven't beat anybody, but I will say this. I tell you what they have. They got a quarterback. They got Van Dyke. I don't know what Gaddis is doing. Gaddis really went down there from Michigan, and and he screwed, he did not do well, and he fired him quickly, and he brought in the Houston OC and Van Dyke. All I know is Van Dyke's freshman year, people were talking about him being a first round pick last year. They're like, oh, he sucked. This year, eleven touchdowns, one interception, uh, throwing for two hundred sixty yards a game, and his ratings one hundred ninety seven point eight. They got a quarterback. I mean, Van Dyke is good. People love him in the NFL two years ago. Had a bad year last year, but I think Josh Gaddis really struggled last year as a, as an OC. I don't know if like he can't call plays outside of Jimmy or what, but yeah, he struggled and he fired him, and now they get a new OC. So I'm going to hold on Miami. But I mean, I I've, I was a believer in Mari Cristobal getting that job because I thought he was a good recruiter and he knows how to hire good coaches. So I I think that you know this is a good sign for for Hurricane fans. Yeah, I, you know, I I just think Miami's one of those teams. That maybe maybe it's it's one of those overrated, underrated, or rated just right. And maybe they're just a little underrated right now, based on the Miami of the last five five ten years. You know, I I think I think that's how we kind of look at it. You know, so they, they play Florida State game. November eleventh. There you go. That'd be a big game. Yep. That'd be a big game. All right. That, there you go. Yep, that could be a pre that could be a pre final four. Or whoever wins that game could have the upper edge, depending on how it, how it plays out. Oh. All right, Rick Butler is going to join us from Rocky Top in a minute. But while we got some time, let's go over my top ten. Okay, hey, right. and I hooked you up. I put parentheses where I had teams last week. So I put Georgia. I kept Georgia one. I don't know. It's so hard. The thing about it is, is they're still winning. They haven't lost. You know, we I'm need, like outside of like. We haven't had that monumental upset yet, right? We really haven't had, like, a huge upset, like an unranked team beat a ranked team, right? It almost had – I mean, Auburn, Auburn almost got – Almost – I mean, yeah, Auburn really. almost got it. That was probably the closest. But you know what I mean? Like, we haven't had that yet. Like, and it usually happens. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm banking on – you know, I think we talked about this a little bit last week. I think – could this be the widest – could this be the most open college football has been? You know, like wide open. Like I could say, I could name eight, ten teams possibly winning that championship compared to like last year. Everybody thought Georgia was going to repeat. You know what I mean? Like, is this the the most open it's been in a while? Yes, I, I wish. I actually wish we were going to the twelve teams this year. Even though you're, I know you're against it. I do think there's eight to ten teams that probably would have, would have a shot to win the national championship in a bracket style tournament. I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be good for the sport. I just don't know. Um, I just hope it doesn't change the meaning of the regular season because the regular season, like I think college football has the best regular season in all sports. I mean, look at the NBA. It really doesn't matter. You know, NFL, it doesn't even really matter that much. You know what I mean? Um, To an extent, but like college football regular season means everything. So I'm all right because, you know, I've come on board with it. Ari Wasserman hates it. My guy, athletic. But I, I, I'm still a big believer in it. 
I, I think it's good for the sport because it's going to give everybody hope. Because, like, the, the team I always use as an example, Clark, is Pitt. Remember Pitt a couple years ago? They had a good year. You know, they're down this year. But they, they, won the really, they won the ACC. They won the ACC. Was that two? That was Kenny Pickett, right? Yep. And, and if there was a 12-team playoff, they would have went to a playoff game, and they probably would have won a playoff game. They probably would have won a playoff game. And everybody's like, yeah, we went to the playoff. We won a game. You know what I mean? Rather than, oh, we went to the Orange Bowl. Or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's going to give those teams – it's going to give those teams that maybe are having a really good year a chance. So – I a reward. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, I got Georgia. Yeah. I kept Georgia one. I moved Texas from three to two. State I think three. I think Texas is one, in my opinion. I don't know how you can put Georgia there. I don't think I, I haven't seen it from them. I get it. They've won what twenty-one regular season games in a row. That's why it's hard to, to move somebody down when they won that many straight games. I mean, I agree. I just it's hard for me. And then I got Washington four. You could I could move. You know what? If I had to do it over again, I'd probably put Washington three. Um, Ohio State uh, to Washington four. Ohio State five. Michigan six. Penn State seven. Oregon eight, USC nine, and I do Notre Dame back up to ten because you so told you, you didn't put Bama back in the top ten. I, my debate was Bama or Notre Dame, and so I, I really, I did. I thought about it, and I was like, and I was debating. I was like, who had the better win? Now, now I think maybe I don't know. Okay, Notre Dame, Alabama. Who wins that game? That's a toss-up game, though, right? I think it's a. I think I think this is the. I think it would be a damn good football game this year. I think it's close because they don't like. With they, I think the the USF game, Saban said, "Screw it, we're gonna play dirty. We're gonna we're gonna go back old school. We're gonna throw the ball fifteen to twenty times a game. We're gonna run the ball. We're gonna play defense. We're gonna let Jalen Monroe Monroe. The only thing he does well is throw deep balls. Throw some deep balls and run your butt and run the other players." And that's what they went to, and I think that he they found a recipe. Their defense is playing better, so I think he's found a recipe. And, and I don't know if they're going to make an ass championship title, but I mean, I think that they're going to, you know, they're going to scare some people. I mean, LSU I looks bad. I mean, I, I'm really disappointed in LSU. I mean, I know Ole Miss isn't bad, and they were your sleeper team. Yeah, I mean, I I thought they'd be. Yeah, I, I, they got too. Well, I mean, that's a bad loss to lose to Ole Miss. I I know Lane Gibbs has done a nice job there, but. You go they're, not done losing, they're not done losing this year, Coach. Their their defense is terrible. Yeah, why is their defense talk, terrible? You it's talk crazy. about a team that can't stop a nosebleed. They're one of them. Yeah, it's crazy. All right, any who, who, who you you so if you had to do a top ten, you put Texas one. I would have Texas one right now. I think who they have the put best Georgia. One. I'd put Georgia probably four or five. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I don't. I don't think. I don't think they have that statement win on the on their. They definitely don't have a statement win yet. They got a couple of squeaky wins. I think Texas has the best win of the college football season so far over Bama. Over Bama, okay. Yeah, I think you say Ohio State had the best win of the year over Notre Dame. Yeah, we'll see how. Okay, Notre Dame joking, does joking, joking, joking. Don't get me. Don't get me started. <laughs> no, but We're yeah, I I think we could argue that. You know, um, trying to think. Like I, I don't know though. Now they got Kentucky this week, but Kentucky, I don't know. yes, Kentucky's Kentucky's a damn good football team. I want to hear Rick's Rick's opinion on Kentucky because I I think they're Kentucky's a much better team than Tennessee right now. 
What do you think of uh why we got a time here? Man, your gators look bad. Well, they're terrible. They're they're I mean, old Billy Ball, he could be, I mean, Gator Gator Nation wants to get rid of him. They want him out the door. Yeah, yeah. You gotta ride him out. He had a good win against Tennessee, and then he, he they flopped against he's Kentucky. terrible on the road, though. He can't win a game on the road. He's like one and nine on the road. 33 and 14. How do you 33 and 14? How do you get that blown out? Oh my god. And the Devin O'Leary only had 69 yards passing. And they the had, running back had 280 yards. Yeah, rushing. Davis. I'm I'm looking wow. I I I, I mean it, it's so interesting because we talked about this in the first podcast. Swamp Kings, and it's like, how bad are they now? They can't get anything going. But, all right, so let's see. Here's Georgia's rest of their schedule. Kentucky, which will be a battle probably. At Vandy, they should win that. Florida and the biggest cocktail should win that. You'll be there hanging out with Emmett Smith. Um, uh, Missouri should win that. You know, versus Ole Miss? Can, you know, can Laney get where's that? that where's that game at? Where's that game it's at? It's at Georgia. Oh, that's that's a blow. Oh, here you go. What about this? November eighteenth at Tennessee at the Vols. That is Rocky Top's a tough place to play. Rocky, Top. I will say there's a couple teams right now. I think Florida, Tennessee, um, Ole Miss. I think some of you get some of these teams at home. They're a much different team than on the road, and and they're. I think that's the difference between like a Bama, Georgia, right now is those teams play up to wherever they're at. They're on the road. They're at home. You can count on them showing up. The Floridas, the Tennessees, the Kentuckys, um, the Ole Misses, they don't show up as much on the road as they do at home. And throw an LSU in there right now. LSU, LSU and Baton Rouge is a much different team than they are on the road. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. Uh, these places are hard. So I, I agree. Um, you want to get in your picks? Yeah, let's do the picks. Why we're waiting on Rick? I hope. I think he. Yeah, there he is. He's right now. Perfect. I saw him coming right now. We'll jump right in. Got my man Rick. Okay, I just messaged him too, so he's coming on. Rocky Top. That what a song that is. The great Rick Butler. How you doing, buddy? Hey, guys, I'm doing great over here in Knoxville. How about you guys? It's been a long time since we talked. Thanks for bringing me back on the show. Oh, we love it. We love you. You're so knowledgeable. Rick, what's going on? Hey, how are you doing today? I mean, I, I'm doing great. We got a little uh, football on here in the background, or should be soon at least, or I, I guess. You guys, what's new? Not much, not much. Uh, my buddy's doing all right. He's a Notre Dame fan. I was at the Ohio State Notre Dame game. So he wasn't too happy last week, but he's good now because his Irish got a big win against Duke. So he's feeling a little better. Oh, wow. That must have been a, a great meeting of the minds that week before that. And I'm sure a lot of emotion, too. That's wild. Probably yeah. too much emotion in the last, uh, last episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Rick. So let me see. Let me start with Tennessee. I want to get you on the SEC general. But, uh, Tennessee sits at 4-1 and one with a loss. Tell us how, how are the fans feeling. You know, are they are they a believer in Milton? You know, I know you got that freshman quarterback down there. Are, are they calling for his head? Are they calling for him? Are the are the Vols fans feeling good? 
Well, it's been a little bit of a weird season so far, and I think if you asked me this question a week ago, I would have had a much stronger answer for you that, yes, there's been a lot of murmurs throughout the fan base, whether it's been uh, person to person at, at one of the shows that they do, whether it's been on social media, whether it's been somewhere else. There were a lot of conversation for the quarterback, former five-star recruit Nico Iamaliava. However, I think that Saturday's game did a good bit to kind of settle the waters down, and I don't necessarily say that in the way that Joe Milton went out there and took the top off the stadium and impressed everybody with a 75% completion performance, throwing three touchdowns. No, no, no. If anything, Joe Milton was fairly pedestrian against uh, against South Carolina on Saturday night. But I do think ultimately winning kind of settles the waters, and that's at least how I feel about this Tennessee fan base right now. They got a big win against South Carolina. The attention kind of got to move off the quarterback conversation. But hey, a week ago, two weeks ago, you're no, you are absolutely in the right direction though those kind of murmurs were coming from the fan base in a bunch of different directions hey rick all right you got a bye week and then you got texas a&m bama kentucky what happened what happens these next three i mean this is your season these next three games yeah it is and i and i think it's 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 weird to i don't know it's weird to kind of think about these games because i feel like they almost stair step one another now First and foremost, I don't feel great about Tennessee's chances on the road. The Florida game still weighs heavy on my shoulders. And even go back to last year, yes, Tennessee was able to blitz LSU and Baton Rouge, but they also got got kind of their butts kicked against Georgia, and that looked a lot like the Florida game as well. So right now, I'm a little shaky on Tennessee's chances to go out on the road. That kind of nullifies both the Alabama and the Kentucky contest. However... I think that if Tennessee can come back after the bye week and beat Texas A&M, maybe that gives them a little bit of momentum for that Kentucky game. I still think that Alabama is going to be very, very tough, especially in Tuscaloosa. That's kind of of a that's kind of a revenge game, sort of almost like Tennessee had against South Carolina last weekend. But I think that a lot of it hinges on that Texas A&M game. What kind of team shows up? Is it one that reverts back to some of the mistakes that you saw against Florida? Or is it more so the one that we saw against South Carolina, the one that was more aggressive? The pass rush was there. Six sacks on uh, on Spencer Rattler. So I think this bye week is going to be really big for Tennessee to kind of reset, refocus, and get the wheels back going the right direction. Nope, you're good. Sorry. Yeah, no problem. So, so Rick, uh, what do you think of the SEC race so far? It's kind of interesting. Alabama had that loss against Texas, and they've been up and down a little bit. You know, they they, they seem to be getting some things figured out. Georgia, they've escaped you know a couple games here. Uh, so, can you handicap the SEC race? What, what do you think? Uh, you know, five weeks in so far. Yeah, so just starting with the SEC East, it's been strange. The Georgia Bulldogs almost parallel to me the Philadelphia Eagles and what they're doing in the NFL, right? You have these two champion teams who aren't really as impressive as some people might think throughout the first few games of the season. So I do think that Georgia might be vulnerable in a couple spots. Now, you can even go back to last year and you saw the Bulldogs struggle with Missouri on the road. Hey, at the end of the day, this is SEC. And whether it's Missouri 2022, whether it's Auburn 2023, some of these teams can sneak up and they can get you every once in a while. But I do think that this win against Auburn was a little bit more indicative of just some of the problems that Georgia is having as opposed to that win against Missouri last year. So I think the East, for a lot of reasons, is not wide open. I do think that Georgia has that. But that second spot is 
the door is open. Nobody's wanted to run through it yet, right? I think Kentucky might have a good chance. I think Missouri is is trying to really build up a little bit of credibility with their undefeated start. But hey, you you thought South Carolina might do that. You thought Tennessee might do that. You thought Florida maybe even could do that. None of those three teams have to me. The second place is Kentucky's for the taking, but I think that Tennessee has the best chance to do that. Okay. Clark. But Rick, you Rick, you actually made some of my points uh, that before you before you got on one. I, I think there's about four or five teams that are that are good SEC football teams, but they are much better at home than they are on the road. I don't. Yes. They're not at the point where Bama. I think Alabama and Georgia. That's where they separate themselves. They show up at home on the road, and I think that's the difference in those two programs right now. Um, and then you know, look, looking at the schedule, looking ahead, then you still have Georgia, at, but you have them at home. I mean. I'll tell you what, Tennessee's schedule is tough, tough, tough. I mean, I mean, if you had to pick over and under on wins right now, where do you come in at? Wow, that's a that's a great question. To me, again, th- those three games left on the schedule between Georgia and then the two road games, Alabama and Kentucky, those really make me nervous for a whole bunch of different reasons. Again, the A&M one I feel okay about. Maybe Tennessee can sneak another one on the road, but those games do make me nervous. And then, hey, at the end of the season, Missouri sits there as well. Right now, Missouri looks like they are a solid team that's kind they're of, not a bad you know, has team. been. No, they're not. No, they're they, not it, it almost seems like they've been lurking in the shadows for a little while, and now they're, they're finally ready to strike. They're 5-0. You know, you know, Rick, who I compare them to, I think they're a little bit like Miami right now. Just a little bit under the radar. Yeah. Nobody's really talking talking about them, but they're they're a damn good football team. Yeah, and and they've had a little bit of scheduling help early on. Now, granted, that did include a, a tough game against Kansas State, right, where they won in like what a sixty-two yard field goal. It was something mm-hmm. just out of this world. They've had Vanderbilt. I can't remember their other SEC teams. So you know, there's they still have some some definite big boys left to play on the on the schedule. But I'm really interested to see what Missouri does. To me. I'm right now looking at can Tennessee get to nine and three based on what we've said on this schedule. I think eight and four is realistic. I think nine and three is realistic, but but nine and three would having to be climbing to get there, right? You'd have to beat somebody that maybe not you don't expect to, but you're gonna have to maybe go into an environment that you don't expect to win and win that game, whether it be Kentucky, whether it be Missouri, something like that. So to me, nine and three is the stretch for this team if they can climb and claw their way up to it. So eight and a half, eight and a half. You're taking the over. Eight and a half, and I'm taking the under. I think right now, I, 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 guys, I I drove my butt all the way down to Gainesville. I sat in the press box for that game. I felt oh, the breeze. Man. I listened to the Tom Petty. I, I'm still scarred by it. Tennessee just was, did not bring their A game, and I, I'm not convinced that that is Tennessee by any stretch of the imagination. But it did make me just really, really nervous for those two road games. Then you have Georgia. And that, to me, counts four losses. So I'm going the under right now. But I think that if the if the conditions are right, they can steal it against Kentucky. So we'll see what happens there. And then, again, Missouri's still lurking back there. So we'll see where this Tennessee team lines up. But, hey, a lot of it depends on quarterback Joe Milton. Is is eight and four? Is, is Val Nation, are they happy? Or are they, are they, you know, taking a step? They look at it as a step back. 11 and two last year. Is it a step back? Sure. Or is, it, is, is it treading the water? It's definitely a step back. I think that Tennessee fans are okay with it because they know that Joe Milton's moving on. I'm not placing all of Tennessee's problems. I'm not placing all. It would be 28. 
yeah, he's 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 as old as me. I feel like, and I and I've been out of college for a little while now. Because right, okay, um, he's been there three years, right? This is his third year. This is his third year. He he is a six year college football player, so he is wow. veteran. He is experienced, but he's at the end of his line. So I'm not saying that the fan base is putting their problems on his shoulders. But they understand that a new quarterback named Nico Iamaliava, uh, a, a quarterback that was ranked as the number one overall prospect he's in his stud. class, they know he's on the bench. And oh. he's a stud. I've seen it with my own eyes on the seven on seven field and for Tennessee. He's a stud. So I think that Tennessee fans are saying, hey, that was disappointing. We wanted to do a little bit better. We're not calling for Josh Heupel's seat because we know that at least this quarterback's going to come in. We're going to make our judgments based on quarterback Nico Imaliava and Josh Heupel together. So I, I think that Tennessee fans are going to be okay, but really, really eager for the future. Okay. So, so I got to ask you this, you know, for Tennessee, you know, to me, if they want to take the next step, they got to get better on defense. Don't you think? I'm looking at their defensive stats. and I know 77th in total yards, points, 100, 100 you know, 131st yards, rushing yards allowed. Seventy uh, fourth, like, like, don't you think? Like, I, I, Ohio State fan, in in our last two games last year, we got shredded by Georgia and we got shredded by Michigan, and it's like, and if you want to win that championship, you don't have to have a great defense, but you got to at least be competent to good. And like that Tennessee defense still under hypo, they're very good on offense, but they still struggle on defense. Is that the next? Yeah, big piece for hypo. Yes, it, it is. And, and a lot of it falls on the shoulders of defensive coordinator Tim Banks and, and kind of how he handles the rest of the season. But I look at Tennessee since Josh Heupel arrived as almost a, a, a cutout of what would be really successful in the Big 12, right? For years, yes. we saw the Big 12 have these high-powered offenses, no defense. It'd be a 65-62 to 62 game. Tennessee's not at that level, but they have to make improvements there in the defense, and I think that they are. You look at Tennessee's defensive roster right now, and there's a lot of young talent on it. I think that Tennessee was able to sell to these recruits in the last couple of cycles, hey, come to Tennessee because we're going to get you on the field quickly, and they've been able to do that with a lot of freshmen and sophomores, but I think you also have to be realistic at it at the same time, and this is not an excuse for anybody on the field. In some ways, it's a detriment, obviously, for the defense. But that Tennessee offense is never going to pave way for an Alabama-style defense, an Ohio State-style defense, just True. because of how quickly the offense moves. That's I don't know if Tennessee's ever won a time of possession battle under the Josh Heupel era, right? They want to go quickly, and that also means that their three and outs are 45 seconds long, right? A three and out is the most dead. Rick, that's what happened against Florida. That's what happened against Florida. Their three and outs killed It them. is. Yep, it is. Absolutely. And, and, and you take a tired defense, especially when Graham Mertz was able to throw it all over them. You take a tired defense, you give them 45 seconds on the sideline, and then they got to go back in and do it again. Three and outs are the most detrimental thing to the Josh Heupel system, and it's not even close. So I, I think that, yes, Tennessee needs to ask more of the defense. I think there are ways to do that. I'm not a defensive coordinator, or else I'd be maybe coaching in the league by now. But I also think that it's always going to be tough and it's never going to pave way for an Alabama defense, for a Georgia defense, for has an Ohio State defense, whatever Heibel, it may be. Has he ever, I know he's a great coach, offensive coach. He never said like, hey, maybe we should take the foot off the gas a little bit to help our defense. Because <laughs> I, I, I know this is Heupel's philosophy, but I'm just saying it, it is hard. Like I like Ohio State, you know, at times has been, you know, went fast. But other times they haven't. And I, I think they slowed down a little bit to help his defense. 
it is hard. You're right. Like they're so fast, and like this is a problem Chip Kelly had with his defense. His defense was never highly ranked at Oregon because, you know, you know Chip is the guy who really started this fast tempo. So has anybody ever asked Pipo about that, or he he just like he's so good on offense he doesn't care. Yeah, I I think that's just so much of his offensive philosophy and wants what he wants to do with this team and what he wants to do as the head coach of the program. He just wants to say we're we're gonna overwhelm our opponents. I I think that and granted, you're talking about a a Heisman level contender for the season, but you look at Hendon Hooker's offense and you could just say, hey, look, that was an offense that was gonna overwhelm their their opponent. They were gonna do it quickly. They were gonna do it fast and often at the beginning of the game, and then the defense was just gonna get a, kind of going to have the opportunity to cruise for the rest of it. I, I think that they would love better defensive uh, efficiency. I think they would love better offensive efficiency to not have to force the or to not have to get those three and outs all the time, but. That's just the way that he runs his program. That's just the style of offense he wants to play, what he believes can make this team successful. I think when you run that offense, when it's really in, to have complementary football, for it to be successful is you have to get you have to create turnovers on the defense. That's what it's all about. You got to create turnovers. And if you're not getting if you're not getting your deep, if you're not creating turnovers, it's not gonna work. Um, you know, turnovers and sacks. That's what changes the game. So yeah, you don't have to have the best defense, but you have, if you have a couple of disruptors. Um, and I know you did it against South Carolina, and that's what changed the game, right? That's what that's what you got. You got after Rattler, and I think Rattler. I don't think he's a great quarterback by no by any means. I think he was one of the most overrated players in college football in the last five years. I mean, that guy retreats backwards more than he goes forwards. I mean, <laughs> and I'm sure you noticed that the last game he goes backwards a lot. Um, but yes, you know, he I, does. I think that's I think that's Tennessee's uh, I think that's Tennessee's focus is create turnovers and they'll they'll have a chance to beat uh, Alabama, Kentucky, maybe Georgia if they can get if they can get turnovers on the defense because they're going to score, they will score. Yeah, it it a hundred percent is. I you know Tennessee is is a team that their defensive identity is built on that pass rush is built on that edge. You you hit the nail on the head right. They would not beat South Carolina if. They didn't have the six sacks, and then obviously they had a pick six, which was their first pick six of the season. I believe maybe even first or second interception of the season as well. So you could tell how those things came together, and they gave the offense a little bit of leeway, right, to start running some different things to maybe, I don't know, better include some clock management in there as well. So you're right. that That's Tennessee's MO right now is attack the quarterback, attack the quarterback, attack the quarterback, make them uncomfortable try to win the job up in the trenches, and try to get off the field as quickly as possible. They've they've not been great on third down throughout the season, but they were on Saturday against South Carolina. Uh, South Carolina, I believe the Gamecocks were only, what, 2 of 14 from third down range? Tennessee was great at getting after the quarterback. That's mm-hmm. going to be how they impress on that side of the ball. Yeah, agreed. Okay, okay, last one here. I got you. Who's going to win yeah. the SEC, Georgia or the field? Who do you got? <laughs> that's a, that's, Coach, that's actually a great question. I yeah, mean, I was thinking oh. I wanted to get Rick a good one. That's I was tough, so right? excited. I, I was thinking to myself, we're going to leave on a good note. I'm spitting some good facts about Tennessee. Okay. <laughs> I uh, Look, I'm going that's to awesome. say Georgia. I'm wow. going to say Georgia, but, but, but. That so much leads to the point that the door has been open for everybody. Now, yes. maybe not the door to first place in the East, but it's still on the table, right, for all these other teams, yes. and nobody has burst through it yet. Nobody has taken the baton and just come out running and saying, hey, we are here, we have arrived, and we're going to beat this division. No one's done it so far. So could it happen? 
in this league this year, yes, anything could happen. But I'm putting my safe money. I'm not a betting man, but I'm putting my safe <laughs> money on the Bulldogs. You both are, so. It's just the it's the coaching. I don't necessarily trust uh, Carson Beck right now, but I, I believe that they have enough talent to, to, to win four quarters of a game. And I don't know how many of these other SEC teams want to play full four quarters. So we'll see what happens. But I'm taking, I'm taking Georgia. Put it Texas and Oklahoma in, I'm taking the field. Now, that's a fact. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Georgia right. might have the best non-quarterback in college football right now. And then, uh, Rick, you don't have to go elaborate because I know we're up against the clock. Uh, one team, biggest disappointment in the SEC right now. I got mine. I want to see what, what yours is. Biggest disappointment in the SEC to me, thinking off the top of my head, would either be LSU or Arkansas. LSU brought all, back all of their coordinators and head coach and quarterback. That's a recipe for success. Eh. Yep. And then KJ and then KJ Jefferson. I, I, I didn't think that Arkansas was ever going to win the league, but they did have the returning quarterback in the league, and they just have not looked good. KJ has not looked very good. So those to me, LSU and Arkansas, and probably leading towards the Tigers. Yeah, yeah, I agree yeah, on I LSU. Agree. I, I, I thought yeah. LSU was a sneaky national championship team, and they look like crap. I mean, like, to give up that many points. I know Lane Kiffin's a good coach and a good offensive coach especially, but to give up that many points, like, they can't stop anybody. So, Rick, awesome. We're yeah. going to have you on. We'll have you on you in, like, uh, three weeks or so, months. Please. Now. You're yeah. awesome. Hey, please do. They, get, they got some big games. Yeah. I, I enjoy hanging out with you guys. Thanks so much for – Thanks so much for bringing me on. Salute to you guys, and let's run it back soon. All right. Thanks, All Rick. Right, thanks, Rick. Thank you, guys. Y'all take it easy. You too. With apologies to J-Book, that guy's awesome. He's he's one of the best in the business. I think I said last year, I think he should have his own show. Yeah, he's um, good, man. He, he knows his shit. Yeah. You give these – I tell you what, real quick, let's get in our games. But you get these local markets sometimes. You get some guys that should be at like an ESPN, but they're just f fantastic local writers, you know. And they're like, yeah. like you could just tell. Like if I was a Tennessee fan, I would be reading all his stuff, if, you know, if I get my hands on it because like he's just Absolutely. so good. That's how I feel about like Bill Landis, Ohio State. I've ever read his stuff. He's now at, at Rivals. He's such a good writer. Hey, Chris, Jay Book. Jay Book. Jonah knows his. He knows Ohio State yeah, through and through too. He does. He does. All right, here we go. Kicked. Five of Texas versus Oklahoma in the, in the Red River shootout. That's probably one of my favorite games. I got to go to this game, Clark. I got to go to this game. You know, fill my bucket left. Texas minus five. I'll go first. I'm taking Texas. I think Texas has got that little look at the look at them. And I don't know about Oklahoma. The Oklahoma's played nobody yet. So I'm going to go with Texas minus five. I, I feel like this game always comes down to a field goal at the end. I think Texas still wins, but I like Oklahoma plus those five points. I feel like, like it's going to come down to the last two minutes like it normally does. I do think Oklahoma's better. You're right, they haven't played anybody. But this is this is a statement game for a second-year coach who had a terrible first year, and I think this is where they respond. I think Venables gets, their, gets his boys ready to go. I think Oklahoma keeps it within five. Give me okay. Oklahoma. Give me the By Steelers. the way, last week you were three and three. I'm one and five. So you're 11, six and one on the year. I'm seven, ten and one. So you're losing money. You live, if you listen to coach, you're losing money. Just remember that, guys. <laughs> All right. Georgia versus Kentucky. So it's in Georgia. 
Georgia minus 15. We were just talking about Georgia. I go first. Give me Georgia minus 15. I do think Kentucky's a, 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 a much improved team. They're, let's be honest, they're now a staple in the SEC as a top tier team. However, however, Georgia can stop what Kentucky has, and that's a run game. Georgia stops the run. Kentucky cannot pass. That quarterback. Do you take a move, Kentucky or Georgia? I'm going Georgia, minus 15. I agree. Bad matchup. Bad matchup for Kentucky. Bad matchup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. to beat them, you got to have a quarterback. And they're kind of one-dimensional. And I think that, that, you know, they'll shut that down. So I'm with you, too. I'm thinking Georgia. I thought you were going to go the other way. Okay. No. So there you go. Here we go. Louisville at home against your Fighting Irish. Fighting Irish minus six and a half. I'll pick it first. I'm going to give me those Fighting Irish, my second favorite team in college football. Notre Dame going to win by a touchdown. They're going to go on the road, and they're going to they're gonna set up a great matchup with the USC the following week. Yep, agreed. Give me, give me the Irish minus, what, six and a half? Yeah. Um, minus six and a half. I think they win by a touchdown, touchdown or two. Um, I think up front, both the offense and defensive line, I think that Notre Dame is a much better team. Um, they got three, they got three capable running backs. Estimates a beast. I could see him going for 150 against that Louisville defense. Give me Notre Dame minus six and a half. Okay. My Buckeyes at home against a Maryland five and oh, Maryland's five and oh, buddy. What do you I think of that? Maryland, did they sneak in the top 25 this week? The AP top 25? No, not yet. They're, 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 top, they're, they're like 26 or 27, right? Maybe. Did I get that? Uh, 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 sorry. Uh, no. Wow. Wow. Just went they, must, they, must, they must have played a terrible schedule. So wow, it went up to 20. They're 20. Minus 20. Wow. Okay. So, Interesting. That that went up. I checked just checked it yesterday. I mean, look, look at Maryland's schedule. To be fair, Maryland's schedule: uh, Towson thirty six six, Charlotte thirty eight twenty, Virginia forty two fourteen, Michigan State thirty one nine, Indiana forty four seventeen. Boy, how bad is Indiana? They are terrible. <laughs> They're terrible. They're terrible. All right. Um, uh, minus twenty. Okay. Uh, you go. Ahead. You go first. Give me Maryland. Give me the Terps uh, plus the twenty. Um, I think they have a capable quarterback. He keeps it close. Give me uh, the Terps plus twenty. I'm going to take them too. I was going. I was leaning on eighteen, eighteen and a half, but I'll take Maryland as well. I think Ohio State wins, but uh, you know, two's brother's not bad. You know, this could be a, a decent test for Ohio State secondary. I think Ohio State secondary is playing really well. Denzel works works playing at an all American level. But it'd be a good little test for them. At least, like they got some receivers and they got a quarterback that can sling it. Um, so yeah, I agree. All right, last one. I got Missouri. Usually, you yaw me in one of these games. You don't like to get you. Are you alright, Missouri? I, I, LSU. I already, if, if they can, if they can read my face when you just said Missouri, I think my face kind of. But there isn't really like, who else. Like, would you rather pick Washington State, UCLA? Would you rather pick uh, Michigan, Minnesota? Uh, I don't know. Arizona, USC. All right, let's 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 go with Missouri. Who they got? Uh, LSU. Your second favorite coach in college football. 
I, I will pick against LSU every week. Every week, so if you pick out, if you had an LSU game in here, I'm picking the opposite team every every week. Give me Missouri plus whatever the points they're getting. Six and a half. I'm taking LSU. I think they're at home. They're gonna some home cooking. They're gonna they're gonna they're pissed off. They're gonna beat Missouri by uh, more than seven. So Wider's got LSU, and you know a little bias there against uh, Kelly and uh, Clark <laughs> takes Mizzou. All right, that was fun. That was good, dude. Rick Butler is awesome. Oh, I love talking. The man, man. the myth, the legend. Had... I like, I like Rick. Yeah, we did. Yeah, you know, we had him on twice last year, I think. Yeah, we did. So we had Callista. We're on a nice rhythm now, I guess. Callista, Jay Book, and now Rick Butler. That's yeah. nice, three good guests in a row. See why who I can get next week. Yeah, we, book next we week. We might have to come back with the. We might have to come back with the Penn State. Uh, that that week of the Ohio State. Ohio State. Yeah, I'm gonna get uh, my guy Dylan on. He he already said he wants to get on. He wants to go on. Uh, and I don't know what he's thinking about Penn State's uh, wide receivers because I, I honestly – I don't see it. I do not see it at all. I think their skilled players on the outside are terrible. And they haven't got the run game going yet either. So, you know, even though I got two NFL running backs. All right. Um. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, Clark, any final thoughts? No, it's uh, just rock and rolling. We're, we're almost halfway there this season. It's been a great five weeks, and – I think we're still waiting on that big upset. We're still waiting on the big upset for the season. It's going to come one of these weeks. One of these top top ten teams are going to go down. Top five teams. Um, yeah, I I I, I agree. I mean, we've never had. We always have a season where, like, you get like a crazy weekend where a bunch of teams lose, or and it comes out of the field. You're not expecting it, and then you're like. Oh crap! This team lost. I didn't expect. You know, like you know what I mean. Like Ohio State lost to Purdue that one year. Remember that? And like stuff like that happens. Like, you know, it comes out of nowhere that that a team will lose. You know, so I I, I agree. I think it's it's coming. And like I said, I don't think there's any elite teams. There's no elite teams. So I I think that it, it's 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 what the door's wide open. I think last year it was Georgia versus everybody. I think we all knew that. Um, this year, I don't see, they see that at all. I don't see an elite team at all. You know, we've had those years. Remember the year LSU with Joe Burrow? Ever, you know, we knew that was Joe Burrow's team, right? We we're like, right. and then they, right. you had the, the bubble year you had, you know, Alabama was absolutely loaded. Mac Jones, all those receivers, all those skill. So, like, we've had elite, elite teams, you know, you know, like USC under Pete Carroll, but like, Right now, you're just like I don't see it. Anybody super super elite? No, so I think it's it's a wide open year. So it, it's kind of fun. It's gonna be fun. The last two months of college football is gonna be tremendous. Yeah, let's coach. Let's let's get into uh, to Heisman top next top, week. Top Heisman yeah. candidates next week, and then get into let's go over the top five odds for uh, national championship uh, contenders right now. For also, put week. that down so I don't forget. That's a great idea. So yeah. Heisman and top five odds. Yep. Good idea. All right, buddy. You got to go on a trip, right? Yeah, I got a long trip tomorrow, first thing in the morning. I uh, just want to say I appreciate you, you know, doing this, Coach, and, and researching all the notes and and uh, appreciate you putting that together. And whatever sure. you do, don't listen to his picks. Listen to mine. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, thank you so much for listening. Really appreciate it. We love doing this. It's a, it's a passion. Enjoy it. We love it. So thank you so much. Go Bucks!
more great content, make sure you follow 717 Sports Media on all your podcast listening platforms. Also follow us on social media, on Twitter at 717 underscore sports, Facebook and Instagram at 717 Sports Media. We're also checking on our website daily for your daily news and sports videos at 717sportsmedia.com.